If anyone didn't know, um, we do this podcast in one take. Not only is there no script. I think they do know. (laughs) I think you can tell. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Nail Social Office Hours episode 10. You know what that means. What does episode 10 mean? Well, 10 is... Double digits. Double digits. Which I is... thought you were going to say it's the only, it's the first episode that I was late to. <laughs> no, it's double digits, which means we can't celebrate another digit until we do 90 more. Oh my gosh. Buckle up. It's going to be a long time. And there, there's a few things. Well, one, I've, I, I think we haven't been like introducing ourselves for the past several podcasts. Oh, good point. People might not even know who we are. They're What's like, up, you guys? I'm Rachel. I am um, the social analytics manager at Nail Social. I'm also part of Nail um, Communications <laughs> and Nail Social. <laughs> Nail Proper. <laughs> Nail Proper. Um, so social analytics manager at Nail Proper and uh, Nail Communications. I'm a lead scientist. Yeah. I am Jess Bachman. I'm a digital strategy director at Nail Proper. <laughs> and lead scientist junior at Nail Social. And um, thanks for coming to the podcast. The other thing that I thought might be interesting is what if we just give people a rundown of what we have planned for the show before we get into it? Sure, 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 sure. Like a, what's it called like in the front of a book? Contents? Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. Someone came up to us uh, the other day and was like, what part of your show is scripted? Yeah, <laughs> and we're not like so much. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much scripting going on. Our witty banter. Can you not tell? We have a show outline that's like the length of a tweet. Yeah, but that's helpful. So we talk a little bit about what's going on in organic this week. We talk about what's going on in paid social this week. We go through a maybe we were wrong about segment where we ask some questions about things we initially thought and what we've we've um, learned through education. Mm-hmm. We have a window of opportunity or something that we think is really hot right now that could be taken advantage of um, mm-hmm. for our clients. Four days ago, this that thing came out. So yeah, these are hot. <laughs> um, we ask how to be a great intern, and I, th- I think that's super relevant right now just because we're um, in intern season and people are like just jumping into their internships, and it's important to um, think about how you can really frame yourself well at, um, in, in the industry and at a company. Mm-hmm. We have a who to follow segment, so someone we are following right now on our Twitter feeds or on Facebook um, who we think is a good example of someone who is you know good in the industry or has great takes. And then the rant wheel makes an appearance. Mm-hmm. We have a packed episode. Packed. Let's and we're jump already in. well behind. So let's get into this week in organic. Subject for today. Okay, I don't know that one. I is it from like a movie? At first, I thought it was from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Right. Well, are you are you familiar with Pogo on YouTube? No, sir. You would absolutely love this person. Really? Why? Because he takes old Disney movies or musicals and he like clips, he cuts out various parts of sounds and then puts them back together into like an entirely new jam and track. Ooh. I don't like remixes. It's not It's not a remix. Sounds like exactly quotes. what it is. It, well, it's, it's like the epitome of a remix, but it's not like... A, a lazy remix it's very okay. it's he's probably one of the most creative persons on youtube 
So what is so what is that one? So that um, I don't exactly know, but you it, don't it, know. <laughs> I I don't know what Pogo song that's from, but in TikTok it's like played and then it's like slowed down and slowed down. I don't know if you've seen that TikTok thing where like the song gets like destroyed. Um, no, I've been off TikTok, which I know is not great since these are all TikTok trans <laughs> like our music our transition music is TikTok memes. But um, okay, I'll be on the lookout for that one. Yeah. All right. So let's jump into this week in organic. One of the things I want to talk about was Can Lions. Um, that whole festival thing happened last week. <laughs> that whole festival <laughs> thing. Not like it's the biggest deal. Although, um, I, I think that's actually a really important thing to talk about. As we change from, like, everything's like a TV ad or everything's like a newspaper or, like, on, on magazines, and now we're in the world of digital and instant gratification, and you can kind of instantly see if your ad is working or not or if it's, like, really connecting with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much we need awards. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there's there's lots of different categories. There's lots of different um, v- versions of lions you can win. There's certainly a social category, and there's big social campaigns that do win um, cool stuff. And it's interesting to see what those campaigns are. I'm not. I don't want to talk about those particular campaigns. There's one award and one thing that one that I do want to talk about. And that is a quote tweet, a simple quote tweet, won a Cannes Silver Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, for, what, for what category do we know? It was the social and influencer category. Okay, cool. Um, and and it's, ju- it's just the single tweet? There's no, like, campaign? There's no back and forth? Right. It, was up, it was up against a lot of other campaigns. Okay. But it was just this single tweet um, won the silver. So I, we would even con- we would consider a quote tweet like community management. That's not, <laughs> exactly. It's not even like a real post. Yeah, this is probably the first example of community management winning a cans line. Can you imagine who that social manager is? That person? <laughs> I know. They must be like so excited. So uh, let me explain what happened. Kanye West um, tweeted. Yeezy. <laughs> That's <laughs> that. AKA. Yeah, exactly. Kanye Yeezy <laughs> tweeted out, McDonald's is my favorite restaurant. And then Burger King UK tweeted out or quote tweeted that and said, explains a lot. Um, mm. Which if you know. Ha <laughs> Hey, there we go. <laughs> if you know Kanye's behavior, um, that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's, it is really funny. It's a great tweet. Right. Um, so the reason why this one is not because it's, a funny jab or the funniest it won because it is the most liked tweet from a brand of all time yeah didn't you calculate the um the value of it yeah so like the the nugs for carter thing has like the most retweets that wasn't actually from a brand it was right it was the carter guy that mm-hmm. got all those but this is this had one million likes it had a quarter of a million retweets um and we have a formula where we use to calculate the value of these things and we calculated it at uh, $1.5 million in earned views on the platform alone. Yeah, absolutely. It's and crazy. It, was, it was certainly written about. Um, a lot of people talked about it. So the, the value went well beyond that. But it blows my mind that there's three words to this quote tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just goes to show, well, it's like a combination of the whole brand Twitter thing and in being a person and how that's becoming something combined with the importance of community management like mm-hmm. the fact that community management is now winning lions is is crazy to me and it just shows how important that is to growing your brand right and this particular tweet and we talk about 
we talk a lot about using the language of the platform. This wasn't like a copywriter writing the perfect tweet. I mean, if you're a brand on Twitter, use those quote tweets. Yeah. That's what people do. Throw some snarky commentary on it. It's not difficult. And it's... It doesn't take well, a lot of time. Well, it's difficult either. to know. It's difficult to know the in language, and you have to live in that world for a while and to speak right. it. Like that requires a lot of expertise. But you're right. Writing a three-word thing, it's not like filming this multi-million-dollar right. production. <laughs> it's, but it's still so effective. Right. It takes skill, but not a lot of time. Sure. Sure. Um, sure. Or effort. Super cool. Love to see that. Love to see social win. Yeah, and especially on Twitter, like you can do a lot of these. I mean, it, the. the this is certainly not a luck involved in this one, like exploding. Absolutely. Um, and there's a lot of luck involved in social in general. So the more you can do something, the more chances you have at that of, of sort of hitting yeah, a home Yeah, Twitter especially is such yep. a volume play, which we've talked about before. Um, yeah. Cool. Let's talk about this week in paid. Let's do it. Paid social. Subject for today. What is going on in paid? So more of our um, discussion about Reddit as we get more and more comfortable with the platform. So we're doing um, advertising on Reddit for a few different brands right now. And as I was looking through our results and sorting by which subreddits um, had you know the most impressions, what had the best click-through rate, mm-hmm. trying to see if we needed to call out any any subreddits in 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 focus on the better ones i so i was i was filtering by subreddit by our targeting and i realized hey we are targeting subreddits that i didn't realize we were targeting Mm -hmm. that is because i had the interest expansion um thing checked and that's like super common on facebook and twitter they both have the interest expansion checked where your targeting can be expanded based on what um what the platform thinks is good. And I did not realize that Reddit had this until just last week. Mm. Might've been an oversight in my part. It might be new. I'm not sure. Um, but what I realized is it's actually very, very effective for a platform that is so unsophisticated and such a piece of garbage. I was amazed to see how close the targeting was to what we actually wanted. So for example, right. we, we have a brand that has a lot, we're targeting a lot of outdoor sort of things. And so it, we were originally targeting, let's say, um, r slash nature is fucking lit and but then it also is choosing you know r slash mountaineering like it chooses that on its own right. it was it was so effective and i was so surprised that it, it was it was working so well and our click-through rates were great on that mm-hmm. on that um on those sort of ai chosen ones i was really surprised and excited about how 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 like effective it was where on facebook sometimes that's a problem yeah, I mean, this is a great tool on Reddit because when you advertise on Reddit, they don't actually want you to choose the subreddits. Yeah. They make that kind of hidden. They want you to choose these like super large yeah, categories. Broad that, interest categories. Right. <laughs> which are good for prospecting, but if you really want to like get get into like specific niche categories, which is why Reddit is such a good place to advertise. You want those specific places, you want passionate <clears throat> mm-hmm. communities. This is helpful. Yeah, because it's hard to know what what subreddits it's hard to you don't know all the subreddits and they're not well labeled either Mm -hmm. you know um so just to have this sort of intelligence around picking subreddits for you is uh super helpful yeah i would definitely give it a try again always test uh it's not going to be 100 percent perfect every time i did notice a few that were like hmm don't know if i want to target that or you because it's reddit you do need to realize that 
there could be some brand safety issues with not safe for work things mm-hmm. or, you know, adult only things. And, and you do, should double check what exactly that subreddit is because things could look pretty on the up and up. But right. when you go to the subreddit, you see a lot of weird naked people or whatever the thing <laughs> is. So be Tell careful. Tell me about it. Be careful. <laughs> right. I, 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 the, just because Reddit is, is an adult platform. I think you just need to yeah. realize that. But it's very interesting because uh, on Reddit, you can see what the interest expansions are. Which yes. you can't do on Facebook you or Twitter. Can't. You you tick that thing on Facebook and it's like, all right, just spend my money wherever you feel wherever like. you want. And then you sort of have to back into it by looking at you know because you can see age, you can see gender, you can see like what platforms, and you can see locations. And so then maybe you can realize, oh, Facebook weirdly expanded me to uh, this weird older older audience, and I don't really want that. You could back into it, but you can't see specific the specific interests, mm-hmm. which on on Reddit you can now, which is great. So that's a cool tool that we could test out. Yeah. Anyone advertising on Reddit, tick that box. Tick that box. <laughs> it's like move that bus. Uh, you right. know? From um, Home Makeover? No. Ty Pennington. Oh. Oh, it's like word association. Things are just coming to me now. Ty Pennington from the reversal show. Remember where they like Okay. This what? Is <laughs> Alexa, hit that <laughs> move us on. If anyone didn't know, um, we do this podcast in one take. Not only is there no script. I think they do know. (laughs) I think you can tell. (laughs) Like as soon as we're done here, we're going to leave the room and then Alexia is going to throw this on the internet like a sack of potatoes. Like a sack of potatoes. (laughs) So um, <clears throat> here we are in the maybe we were wrong about segment. And this is this segment, it's often kind of humbling, but we like to talk about because social moves so quickly mm-hmm. and it's hard to have dogmas in this industry because they change. Yeah, your best practices are outdated like after two months. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so one of the things that we... We often do when, when we have a new client is we look for the perfect audience on social. And in a lot of platforms, that can be really easy to do. The targeting capabilities are very mm-hmm. sophisticated. And I will say that as we get more and more into the e-commerce game where um, audiences are very different, we have to choose we have to choose them based on what the client needs and what sort of campaign they're running. A lot of times we focus on brand awareness in specific locations or we uh, focus on um, like lead generation, and those do require very hyper-targeted audiences, multiple layers. Mm-hmm. But the e-commerce game has taught us something almost completely different. Yeah, Facebook is actually <laughs> incredibly good at finding your audience with very little input other than who's buying your product. Purchasers. They know who the purchasers are, and they know the value of what they purchase. The amount of data on this is insane. So that sort of hyper-targeted, multi-layered interest sort of brand awareness audience Mm -hmm. is not going to be as good as Facebook's sort of data-driven lookalikes based on value. Yeah, we're we're talking about lookalikes here. Um, And Facebook has certain interests that we can put in. There's a lot of stuff on the back end that is not exposed to us, but they use in finding the people that look like the people that purchase your product. And it's not just purchase. It's your add to carts. It's your um, view content or your page view um, in multiple different types of page views, which which actual page, like you can put the URL in and and then do a lookalike based off that. There's a gajillion ways to do them, but but we found that those audiences – most of the time are working better than what our original thoughts are. Yep. But you do need 
your original audience to start somewhere. Right. We're not quite out of a job yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is humbling to know that Facebook is so good at auto finding these, yep. these audiences. But if, if you're starting something new, like you're new to e-commerce and you don't have that purchase data, you have to find these people somewhere. Yeah. I mean, and you have to start at the top of funnel somewhere as well. I mean, I think these people, your purchases aren't going to come out of nowhere. You do have to, you do have to find them based on interest or based on um, your website, website visits or that sort of right. thing. The other, the other interesting thing about audiences um, is we have a, we had a labs client who, a nail social labs client who was looking to test um, a specific product feature before it was even out. Mm -hmm. And we put together what we thought was a good audience. Yeah, one of those layers of multiple interests, layers of age, and then mm -hmm. also we had a behavioral interest in there. So we thought this was, you know, one of those very effective niche audiences that would connect well with the product so we could, or the product feature so we could understand, you know, is this viable or not? Should they go forward with it? Yeah, it was a new technological product. We put in the behavior of um, technology early adopters, which seems right. Uh, but then we also tested an audience without that mm -hmm. behavior. We did a broad interest. Yep. And then what we found is the the vast majority of people that were interested in signing up for this were old people. Mm -hmm. So us putting in the technology early adopters, we sort of shot ourselves in the foot, not realizing that the people most interested in the product were older, who might, who would, who would be sort of taken out once we put the technology early adopter in because it does skew a little bit younger. Yeah, and, and these were like older people, 65 and plus, who were like going through their phones and signing up for a, uh, a technology product. I mean, that's not what you think of when you think of o right. older people. So, uh, you know, your pre preconceived notions of what your audience is might be totally wrong. Mm-hmm. So super cool. Maybe we're wrong about audiences, but we're always open to new ideas. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Let's move into our window of opportunity. <laughs> Subject for today. I'm really trying to figure out what that song is. It, could it be from Oliver? It might be. I think it Doesn't is. it sound like it's from Oliver? Yep. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> Um, so a opportunity that we're seeing um, recently, so we talked, I think, maybe last podcast or the podcast before about format trends. And this is sort of also a format trend as of like three days ago. Mm -hmm. So if you guys have seen or maybe not seen a um, Twitter user named Green China or at corny ass bitch wrote this amazing Twitter thread choose your own adventure thing that is the, the first tweet is being Beyonce's assistant for the day don't get fired thread and it goes through like I did it on my phone but you you tap into um these series of quote tweets almost mm -hmm. that she's made and formulated so that once you tap you go to a new thread and you have to sort of follow along and answer questions based on what you would do if you were Beyonce's assistant and it's a, a series of prompts and so you either, you know, continue on to the next one or you get fired. And it's and you fun it's fun and you play along and yep. it's incredibly engaging. I spent probably, I don't know, like 7 minutes before I got fired. Alexia did it and she got fired like after like 5 or 6 or and yeah. then did you do it, Jess? Yeah. And then you get fired and you go back and You, you go look. back. Of course. Yeah, and there's all these Beyoncé gifs and stuff and it's it's hilarious mm -hmm. as well. And what kind of blows my mind is it's like a it's a whole game that this person developed 
just using the mechanics of Twitter mm -hmm. and nothing else. Right. So this is where we get frustrated with clients who feel like they need to think big or dream big, which is not a problem, of course, but you can do these sort of fun, engaging things in the platform using the native features. Think about all of the Facebook po polls you could do or all the Instagram stories and things, just playing with the features. You don't have to build, you don't have to hire a software developer or build something big. You can work natively in app, which is which is so easy. Better a lot of the yeah, times. Yeah, better engagement. Well, because then you also get the opportunity of people. Half the reason why I liked following along was because you can see, you know, people actually getting right. fired and talking about their experience and what they would do next time or, or whatever, and and adding in gifts and adding in their own um, their own commentary, which is a ton of fun. That's what social is all about. Right. So if you're a brand and you see this and you're like, oh, what a fun game! I'm going to develop an app for that. Trying to get people to to download mm. your app and play the game is not going to happen. Yeah, meet them where they are. That's and this goes back to something we talked about like a long, long time ago was Lush leaving um, Lush leaving social and mm -hmm. they kind of want to make their own proprietary or their own website or drive people there. It's like meet them where they already are. They're already on social. Why would you make them go somewhere else? Right. So um, Alexia is going to um, put the link to this in our sort of show notes tweet. And if you're listening, you need to play this game you do it's so fun but I also want to caution brands against being two fellow kids about this sort of thing I'm sure like a bunch of people saw this and forwarded it to their team and was like you need to make us one don't do that don't copy it right but I think it's, it's just a great example of how you can use things natively in the app right if a brand um, did something like this some sort of game um, that like fit with well with the brand well net didn't Netflix do something very similar I'm not sure, but it feels like if a brand did something like this, it would totally be like a Cannes Land contender. Totally. For sure. Yeah, you're totally right. I, I think it's a great opportunity and just a good example, example of what these things can do. And also it's like Twitter is not dead. This is where so much creativity comes from. I hate when people say Twitter's dead and no one's using Twitter yeah, or I, like only the president is using Twitter. And this got like a, you know, 100,000 retweets. So very yeah. effective. Mm-hmm. Very effective. Super cool. All right, moving on. Subject for today. You are gonna love Pogo when I send you some videos. Yeah, you gotta send it to me. Actually, Alexia should put it in the um yep. in the show notes. He's got the unfortunate YouTube name of Fagatron. Oh, well, maybe it's like reclaiming. Mm, no, he's he's. Did he do it on purpose? I don't what do you mean he got he just like got like oh man they gave me this username <laughs> what like you don't register your username i don't know i think he's british and that word means something different. cigarettes yeah so i I, I got know. it i know what words mean <laughs> <laughs> um okay so now we're gonna chat a little bit about what it means to be a good intern and, and what skills you should bring to the table as an intern alexia is listening um <laughs> she's, she's running the show <laughs> so we gotta be careful um <laughs> Yeah, so it is intern season, and I recently was an intern. Well, not at Nail, but, you know, a few years ago. And I feel like I'm still – I still feel hip to the groove on all this sort of thing. So my first thing to say is you need to ask questions. You need to not feel like you're afraid to jump right in and be a self-starter. Because if you're not a self-starter and if you're not, like, willing to – get into it and like take on your own take on your own jobs and your own little projects then you you're not going to learn anything right if you get into an internship and you're like all right this is my opportunity to learn and now you're and then you wait for someone to 
teach you. Don't wait. Yeah, don't wait at all. Um, mm-hmm. Have some have some initiative. Be annoying uh, to you know the, the superior people around you. Right. Um, I don't think it's annoying. I think it's it shows a lot of initiative, and, and that's that's what you need to do. Like you need to make make your own assignments if they're not because we're we are busy. And, and your mentors or your your um, people who hired you are busy, and they have their own clients, and they have their own assignments. It sometimes it's hard if you don't if you don't have a specific job. If you're just the X intern or the Y intern, and you don't have like mm-hmm. a product you were hired for, it can feel like you're just doing research all day or like skimming CNN or something. Right. right. Um, yeah. So finding your own, and then something that Alexia talked about, which I think is so important, is. You do need to find a balance between your internship and everything else going on in your life. And, and that's important for us to think about, like Jess and I, as as sort of the, the hiring people or the hiring whatever we are. I don't know. Um, we need to realize we need to realize that this is not your only job. Right. You have other things going on in your life. And I think we also need to nurture that. So as people, I don't know what we're called, bosses, managers, mentors yeah as mentors i suppose we should be invested in in growing you but also understand that this is not your only jam right it's not your only jam but when you are here like get off your goddamn phone because it is your jam while you're here oh yeah a hundred percent but it's also like how can we help you with your other jams is there do you need help with applying for a job do you need a cover letter what do you need what do you need from us how can we what skill do you feel like you'll need in the future and how can we nurture that yeah the real valuable opportunity for an intern is not like what you learn Uh, i mean you can learn like almost all this stuff outside of the internship it it, the real value is when you're coming out of that the relationships that you've built Mm -hmm. with these people the recommendations they're going to write the opportunities that they're going to give you and you're not so going to get those strong recommendations if you don't make an impact with them. Absolutely. And I, I hate the fact that connections are so huge, but they are important and it's who you know. It comes down to that. I mean, I feel like that's, right. that's what you learn. And, and some, some advice for people that have interns. Um, the, there's a real risk of feeling like, you have to manage them all the time. And when, when you feel like that, you don't want to engage with them because mm. it just takes up a lot of time. Yeah. But one thing that we do is um, if we have a project, we'll, we'll give them like the broadest strokes. And, and then it's like, then we'll, then we'll send them away and be like, what can you do with that? Sure. Show me, not just that you can manipulate the software or whatever, but show me how you think, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give you room to run with this. And not only does that allow them to, be creative or whatever, but allows us to not watch over their shoulder. Yeah, we don't want to micromanage micromanaging either. that because we don't. Have, that's nothing that we mm-hmm. like doing mm-hmm. either. Another thing that I think when I was an intern that I got a lot of value out of was soaking things up. And yes, of course, you need to be doing your own projects and working. But any meeting I could be in to like learn the company, learn the political dynamics of what's going on, just learn, you know, faces and names and learn about the different projects was so, so valuable. If you're not in meetings and if you're not like asking to go to things, that might be a problem. Right. And, and if you're an intern and you're sort of stuck with um, an overlord who doesn't seem that interested, mm-hmm. feel free to branch out and seek out someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of times, um, so at Nail, we have an internship program where, where sometimes um, 
people in different departments might be too busy to take on take on an intern, but they totally want to help mentor someone. Mm-hmm. They just don't have you know full summer a full summer of time to do it. Um, talking to them one on one every once in a while is a great way to build another relationship, even if they don't have like a full summer to help you. Right um, at Nail Social, you know Alexia is our intern. But we are absolutely putting these other interns <laughs> to work here. We have like an army of interns hovering around us. Yeah, here. totally. Because everyone has has a different skill to offer, um, which is also fun about the the working in the ad industry where we are so everyone has something so different to, mm-hmm. to provide, and of course we need that. Right. So hit the intro, intern. Um, so this is a segment called Who to Follow, and this is where we want to shout out someone that we um, not only follow, but like respect and is a good follow. You will learn a lot from following this particular person. And the person we want to shout out this week is Nathan Allenbach, who runs the Stakeums social accounts. And... This person, Nathan, is is really the first person that I saw who was absolutely crushing it on oh, on Twitter in particular from a brand. Mm-hmm. And you know, I people get tired in the office of hearing me talking about um, how great Stakeums is. Yeah, um, Jess is a Na- is a Nathan and a <laughs> um, and a Stakeums stan, real right. hard. But one of the reasons why I like Nathan is because he is kind of like this. He is a very um, observer and studier of the medium. Yep. And what works and what doesn't work. You can tell that he's he, he is trying to be data-driven in some ways. Right. He recently just put out um, an article in, in Vulture.com, which Alexia will link to, which is like the entire history of brand Twitter. Yeah. Brand Twitter grows up. How corporate social media mostly moved past its awkward phase and connected with audiences. Great read. Yeah, if you if you do anything for a brand on social, you need to sort of um, read this. But that's why that's like Nathan is a researcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely is, and I think he's talking about things that are really important in the industry, not just from a um, what's working with the brands, but also what is this culture behind brand Twitter for the practitioners like he t- in that article he talks a lot about the mental health of social media managers yeah, and community managers and that is something you wouldn't think of i did community management for one of our um for one of our brands for just a few months and the amount of negative comments does take a toll on you and we didn't even have something that could be like made very negative for us to talk right. about it was a branch that was super lighthearted, but I cannot imagine the vitriol and the negative things and maybe even threats that come from social. I mean, it it's definitely something that should be talked about. And it's it's so interesting to see him, you know, sort of being a champion for that. Yeah, absolutely. Even doing community management on Reddit where we have a client doing that and we get a lot of positive comments. But there's always people who are like, go fuck yourself yeah. or saying the most horrible yeah. things um, as well. It's it's such a different world. I mean, I feel like we're the light version of like those Facebook uh, moderator type people that have to like look out for <laughs> bad shit. <laughs> oh my God. We are n- nowhere even comparison. I to said light. <laughs> super light. Yeah. Aerogel no. version of yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, that's a great read. And Nathan is a great follow. It's Jacobs is a great follow as well. He's like brand Twitter dad. 
Yep. We'll put all those links in the show notes tweet as well. All right, moving on. Well, one other thing about Nathan. Oh, my God. Um, the other thing that's interesting about him is that he is not – when we talk about, like, the intern being like, this is not your entirety of your jam, he is a very interesting person outside of what he does. He's also, like, recording artist. He's got a podcast. And it's very clear that he is not singularly focused on social, which I think, in general, makes his social a lot better. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like – um. You know, in, I don't know which stand-up said this, but like, or like the idea that you have to do things in order to like write stand-up or like write a book or do art. Like you have to have experiences to pull from. Right. Like if you want, if you're doing social for a brand and you want to be interesting, it certainly helps to be an interesting person. Easier said than done, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll in the rant wheel. <laughs> Let's do it. Subject for today. All right, as the rant wheel is rolling into the studio here, <coughs> quite large. <laughs> Why don't we spin that bit? Well, let's say well, let's say yeah, what see we what have on are. it because we mix them up a little. Okay, bit. so we've got we've got a new one, Taylor Swift's <laughs> new song, "Inauthentic Influencers." So, yeah, <laughs> um, buying likes, people who say right, right. And TikTok sucks now. Let's spin the rant wheel. Okay. And number two, which is inauthentic influencers. Mm. Just what happened this week, or I guess last week, that made us really groan? Well, you, t- you tell me, because you're the one that sort of brought this to my attention. Okay, so I saw on Twitter, I think Taylor Lorenz broke this story, which, duh, because she's the best, um, where a influencer, or the pitch deck of the, of the influencer, was leaked. And it is a, a, very hard to explain, but this woman, or I, I guess it's her husband, basically was pitching to a bunch of brands to say, we are going to go on our engagement journey. Like he, this mm-hmm. one, this man is going to engage, uh, become engaged to this woman, and it's going to be a series of Instagram stories throughout um, where they live. I think they are they're in LA, and then they went on a trip to Miami, and then eventually they ended up in Paris. And throughout this whole journey, we're going to film it. It's going to be on both of our social channels, and we want brands involved. And it blew up it just just as people were just complaining about how inauthentic influences influences are these days mm. and how it's it, having someone involved in something like an engagement is just false right well this 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 um, engagement story was supposed to be a surprise to the woman the so inf- this is a fashion ambitionist on instagram and her name is marissa casey grossman Right, so she was like supposed to be um, surprised, and in all the stories, she's like, "Oh my God, I'm crying." She's like totally mm-hmm. surprised that this has happened. Meanwhile, it's all meticulously planned. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I don't know how much she knew, and she, I think <clears throat> she is in at like marketing or advertising or something, and her all of her friends are. So it could have been her friends that they were trying to play it off like what? it was her friend who made it for no, her. But no. it was, a, oh, it's got to 100% be her. It's so interesting. And she's in the stories. It's mostly stories. It wasn't really posts. Um, there she's like thanking brands for like helping make the day happen. Or mm-hmm. And she's going <clears throat> to specific stores on these shopping sprees. It's, first of all, it's all incredibly vapid and weird. And I was like addicted to the stories. But in them, she's like, 
on the in one of them she's on the floor of this gorgeous hotel lobby beautiful in this gorgeous dress and she's got this beautiful hat on and she's crying because she's so overwhelmed because she couldn't find the right dress for her to go to Paris. I'm like, are you kidding me? Who Who is like, who thinks that this woman is like the beacon of fashion? <laughs> right. Well, it sort of brings up a, a larger point where one of the most talked about overused buzzwords in marketing the past few years has been authenticity. Yeah. Brands are searching for authenticity. Like the more authentic you are, the better. And at the same time, they're chomping at the bit to get after these influencers who mm. are the peak of inauthenticness. Yeah, I think I would like to move away from authenticity into maybe more credibility. What? How is this person <clears throat> right for my brand? How have they shown that they are into my brand? And I think Jess and I talk a lot about how like lifestyle influencers or cosmetic influencers are completely saturated, but there's other different types of people who have the credibility mm -hmm. they have the authenticity and they have influence like quite literal influence over their followers and their followers will, like completely <clears throat> trust what they say because they are credible right. and that's what i'd rather tap into right but but i do wonder i mean we <clears throat> we're in the media we're in the industry we deal with these people we know how how their price rates work and we mm -hmm. know how inauthentic they can be but do her 100,000 followers know that do they see her and yeah are that's they interesting just as engrossed or are they turned off by i mean to me that seems so fake and i know that like your candid is not a candid you took 150 shots to get that but everyone is that way everyone took 150 selfies before they picked that selfie yeah. i mean i think i think i don't think people are stupid i think they know that hashtag ad hashtag partnership is not a hundred percent true but i think a lot of times a lot of the influencers that i follow are people that that i really trust make a point to say, I only work with brands that I have used before and I like, and these are my choices. Yeah. Where they say, oh, I turned that person down because didn't, it didn't work for me or right. I didn't like it. Right. And I know that could be fake, but I do value that. Yeah. I wonder if, like, if everyone, even normal people, take 100 selfies, um, which is the default behavior, maybe like the fundamental human experience is to be inauthentic and well, so social, the, I think, is inauthentic. Right. So completely. these people being inauthentic is actually... More authentic? More authentic. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Twilight Zone music plays. <laughs> That's really interesting. Hmm. I hope it's not the case, but maybe. Who knows? Anyways, I think that's the end of the rant wheel. Um, stick around for the after show. Wait, but we got to plug our ears. Oh, right. Oh, my God. I do want to mention that we are, um, we've got a podcast. You're listening to it right now. I'd love you to rate it and um, write a rating. Review. Yeah. yeah. My dog, if you're listening to it right now, like, Alexia, how long has this been? 40 minutes. If oh, my God. If you've hung around with us for 40 minutes, please. You're um, my mom. <laughs> You are our moms, and you have an obligation to uh, be a good parent and go to whatever iTunes or something and give us a five-star rating. Mm -hmm. Check out our website, nail.social. That is the mothership. That's where we have all of our services, and you can learn a little bit about what we've talked about, our, our lab services, our management, our strategy, et cetera, et cetera, um, as well as our, our Twitter. We got all of our hot takes there. Yep, and if you're looking to go a little deeper, um, nail.social slash insider, we have a newsletter that is not free, but it's where we let loose with our various tactics and strategies. Um, 
some of the stuff we talk about here, but in the newsletter we go in more depth and et cetera. Mm-hmm. All right. See you guys in the after show. See ya. Someone said our podcast was a little long. I think two people said that. Is it a little long? Is it a oh little long? <laughs> you can always stop after 10 minutes. No, it might be a little long. I think people don't realize that the after show is like not, they, they see they see that the after show, oh, right. they, it's like embedded in the timestamp. So right. it's like, oh, I'm not going to listen for 50 minutes, but I would for 40 or would for right. 30. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you listen to podcasts at like 2x speed? No, I can't do that. I just no. saw a tweet about that. I think crazy people do that. <laughs> Is that you? Uh, sometimes I'll listen to a, an audio book at like 1.25. Crazy. I can't do it. <laughs> Slow it down. <laughs> yeah, if it doesn't sound demonic, I'm not listening to it. <laughs> backwards, too. Yeah, backwards. That's where the insights are. Exactly. Just ask Pink Floyd. <laughs> So um, one of the things I want to talk about in the after show is Netflix recommendations. Can I change this to streaming recommendations? Yeah, 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 sure. Because you guys need to watch Fleabag. I am not exaggerating when I say that this is one of the best shows I have ever seen. Best shows I've ever seen. It's on Amazon Prime. It follows the life of a gal in London and her um, experiences with grief and, you know, just become being a woman on the dating life and everything. Um, and it's super relatable as a young person. Yeah. And if you're the type of person who doesn't listen to recommendations like Rachel, and I tried to recommendation the show to her many, many times. <laughs> um, and she finally took the plunge and loved it. So I suggest you. It's so good. You guys, I actually watched the first episode of season two. Did you die last night? Well, I was like, it's not, it was way serious. Okay, the first episode, it, uh, you just, you have to continue. Okay. I actually just uh, watched the second episode of Outlander. and <laughs> Yeah, my mom made me watch it last night. Uh, not a fan. Yeah. I have to keep going, I think. Yeah, um, I was sort of forced into watching Outlander, and I think it's a good compromise show. Oh, okay. That's good. <coughs> so, That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, you have to compromise and, and watch other people's shows for a healthy relationship, and... Outlander, it feels like a Daniel Steele novel <clears throat> and certainly plays out like mm, that. Mm. But at the same time, uh, it's not that bad coming from a typical guy point of view. Welcome back to our podcast, Relationship FAQs with <laughs> Jess. <laughs> um, and, and it's also like I, I did have a moment in the last season where I, I kind of teared up because it was very emotional. And, and it's like. You, you watch stuff that feels like Daniel Steele and you feel yourself changing and like you're watching it and it's like, oh my God, he is so sweet. He's I so feel t- like you would be really receptive to religion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up Unitarian. Okay. I grew up Roman Catholic. Oh. I don't even know what Unitarian is. I don't know what Unitarian <laughs> is. It seems like normal. Like Uni- nothing fancy. Unitarian was where all the liberals in my town went to have coffee on Sunday. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Not the same experience <laughs> I had. No. Nope. Um, uh, what are your Netflix recs? Um, I don't know. I've been... St- okay, so you wanted to talk about this, but you don't have a recommendation. Well, that makes sense. It's because my, my Netflix recommendation brain is only like a week 
it, it only goes back a week. And I've been watching Outlander that feels like for the past month. Well, big deal thing that just happened is they're pulling The Office. Well, they will be because NBC is making their own streaming service. And so The Office by 2021 is no more. And I saw that they've been pushing it in their app. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really big deal. I mean, The Office is like everyone's background show. Yeah. I am excited for Disney's streaming service. Do we know how much it's going to be? $5? It's, it's like $7. Okay. Super I'm not cheap. super sure. I mean, I guess they own everything. So I'm sure there'll be good options. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you excited? Well, I have kids. Oh. Maybe by then I'll have kids. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's it. Cool. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.